What's up, church? How we doing today? My name is Pastor Josh Geiselman. I am the student ministries pastor here today. I get the privilege to oversee sixth graders through 35-year-olds. Amen. Uh, could we do something? Could we just wave at the Athens campus and say good morning? We love you, Athens. We're so glad you're here today. Uh, today's going to be a great day. I promise you it's not going to be long, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that it is good. Amen. Can we all shout to that? We're like agreeing like, it's not long, but it's good. Hey, yes. Um, I'm excited to be here. Um, I really feel like what the Lord has been doing in me for us today has been something that's been happening over the last couple years. Um, and, and I really believe that today will in, inspire you, encourage you, will give you hope, strength, peace, and joy. Amen. How many of you say, I want some hope, I want some joy, and I want some peace. Amen. If you'll turn with me to the book of Romans, we're going to jump right into this. The book of Romans, and the passage is 15, verse 13. So Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And it says this. I'm going to read it from the NIV today. May the God of hope... Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Say, trust in him. So that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today, and I ask that you would just touch these lips of clay, God, that I would be a vessel for you to minister to your people today. And I pray, God, that we would wrap our lives around your word, that your word is true, it's an error, it was without fault. And God, we just grab a hold onto it right now. No matter where we are in life, no matter what we're going through, that God, you are hope. We thank you and we praise you. And we all said, amen. amen. <laughs> One of the favorite things about being a student ministry pastor is that I get to go on trips with students. Um, my favorite place in all areas in ministry is on a bus. I don't know what it is about a bus, but it is like a capsule of community, right? Uh, like you're stuck with people you like, you're stuck with people you don't like. Hopefully you're sitting next to people you know, probably not sitting next to people you know, right? Like a bus is this beautiful analogy of us going through life captured and trapped in a little area where we have to let our guard down and get to know people and let people get to know us. And so some people are like, why do you always go so far away for like camps and retreats and stuff? You've got such great stuff here in Chattanooga. I'm like, because it's the bus ride. Beautiful things. Horrible things happen on the bus ride. Yesterday, yeah, super relevant story. We, we went tubing down the Ocoee, so that was fun. Um, nothing like putting yourself in a little tiny inflatable thing and being at the mercy of the water, right? And, uh, and we're driving up there, and, and you know, you, you just hear all these different people talking, all these students laughing, and you hear this roar from the back seat. And so I'm like, I'm going to go back where the noise is, because I'm noisy too. 
And so I go back there, and I just hear kids just laughing and screaming and throwing bottle caps at each other and just, just irritating one another, and I'm just laughing. And all of a sudden, I hear this dialogue, okay? This is why I love the bus. And if you're in the room today, thank you for my preaching material, okay? This young man says, yo. And they're just roaring. He's like, yo, hey, you think I'm going to be okay? I don't know how to swim. I just was like, this is going to be interesting. I can't wait to hear what a sixth grader is going to tell him. I can't wait to hear what a senior is going to tell him. I can't wait to hear this dialogue, right? And so I'm sitting there, and, and you know, when, you, when you're a student, and, and, you know, you're a little nervous about something, you don't want to show it. You're like, hey, you know, am I, I going to be all right? Right? And, and one, of the, one of the kids is like, why would you come to this? What are you thinking? You're going to die. And I was like, this is going to happen, you know. It's like, well, why would you, out of all the trips, you could sign up for this one? You know. And then there's like, you know, that's like the reactionary person. And then you have like the response. You have like the, maybe been around the block a little older student go, you know, you're going to be okay. Because you're going to have a life vest. And then the kid was like, I'm going I'm to get a life vest? Like, we're, we're gonna, and he looked at me like, and I was like, yeah, you're probably getting life you know, insurance. You know, you're probably going to get one. Um, and so what happens is I'm, I'm seeing this, this, this process in this young man. And he's asking a real heavy question, right? Am I going to have the best time ever on the water? That's, that's not what he was asking. He, he, this was the question. He was like, am I going to find my girlfriend on the trip? Yo, you better not. If you're in the room, don't. He didn't ask those questions. He didn't, he didn't ask, am I going to enjoy the rapids or how fast the water is? He asked this question, am I going to be Okay. Now, isn't it funny that we, whether or not we want to admit it or not, are asking the same question about our situation right now? We're all over in this room, different walks of life, different places. We, we have different family dynamics. We have different working dynamics. We live in different places. But there's a question that we're all asking on the inside, and it is, are, am I, are we going to be Okay. And I just want to declare this in the room today. This is what I heard in prayer through the Holy Spirit, is that it's, it's is not the focus. You are going to be okay. And if I could go on a rabbit trail for far too long, we've been focusing on the it's, the desired outcome of what we want. My daughter is, can I have sugar before bed? That is the desired outcome that she has. And my response as dad is no. But you're still going to be okay. 
Can I step on our toes for a little bit? Sometimes we have so much American gospel that we think Jesus only loves us if we get the desired outcome of what we're really believing for. But can I let you know real quick in the room today that regardless of what happens, you are going to be okay because we serve the God of hope. The God of hope. Not the God of my desired personal outcome. The God of hope. And we see in the scripture here where this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Rome, right? And here's the background of this, of this text. You have people who were Jewish who had become believers in Jesus Christ. And then you have Gentiles who are now believers of Jesus Christ. And for a season, they were kicked out of Rome. And five years later, they got to come back together in the church of Rome. And what had happened was there has been all of this highlighting of the opinions of the believers of that time. The Gentile believers went with the Gentile believers. The Jewish believers went with the Jewish believers. But when they all came back together, they focused more on their differences rather than the thing that unites them. So when you read the book of Romans, this is that dialogue. This is what Paul is saying to the people is, I want you to understand, yes, the Old Testament law was true, but Jesus is the fulfillment of that. And he brings you to this place. Yes, Sabbath, circumcision. Yes, diet, what you eat. Yes, that was a part of that. But now you have a people that were grafted in that they don't think it's about that. And so that is pretty much the book of Romans wrapped up real, 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 real fast. Real fast. Real fast. But there's this transitional verse. In the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the noise, in the midst of all the trials, you have to understand that, like the persecution for the Jews, like could you imagine what it might feel like being a believer of the law and the Torah and that this is the only way to go and we're waiting for the Messiah and then we say, hey, he's the Messiah and we put our faith in him and now you're no longer welcome at the dinner table with your parents? Like this faith costs you everything? And then, and then you have like the Gentile believers who were like, like the, the roughneck, you know, they're just doing their thing and they're just having their fun. And all of a sudden, they abandon all of these like loose principles of living and they start moving towards a more centered focus of there's a, there's a way of righteousness and it's only by Jesus. And so I'm going to walk the line a little bit closer than just doing whatever feels good. But Jesus is this unifying figure in all of them and Paul is saying to them, May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Now listen, God is not the subject of hope. He is the object of hope. And so the definition of hope is believing and foreseeing a desired outcome. Right? And so the God of hope that doesn't need a desired outcome because he sees the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning that he already knows what's going to happen. He already sees it. 
and he's not afraid of it. So the reason why he can give you hope for tomorrow is because he's already there. And we're sitting in this room today and we're all asking questions, whether you want to vocalize it or not. Am I going to be okay? And so we're, we're at the water's edge, right? Getting ready to get in. And I'm just staying back with homie. Not, you know, I'm just want to see how this plays out. It's been great to, you know, watch this. And like, he gets his life vest on. So he's super like relieved that he has a life vest. But if you don't know how to swim and you've never worn one before, you're still asking the question, will this hold me? I can tell you this will hold you, but until you put your situation and your life in a place that it has to hold you, you'll never know if it will. That's why David said, if God was with me, with the lion and the bear, surely this uncircumcised Philistine will be our bread. If God be for me, who can be against me? The reason why David know that he could put that life vest of God on is because it has been tested. And if you got everything you asked for, the way you asked for it, you probably would have no reason to trust the life vest. Here he is on the edge of the water. looking. I mean, like you got little Timmy, right? Little Timmy. He's like barely sixth grade. He's like, ah. <laughs> like living his best life, flipping the tube over, and the guy's like, stop it. He's like, ah, you know, like, he's loving it. Then you got this one kid, and he's going, I, I watched the whole thing. He's, he's pushing it. He was sitting on it on the ground to see what was the best way to, for it to hold me. See, when you're really worried about the water and you don't know how to swim, you really want to make sure you find a safe place to sit. And then it happens. He begins to wade into the water. And I wish I could tell you I saw just the look of joy on his face. There's this like glowing. He was like, ah, oh, this is it. No, he was scared. He was nervous, like for you and me, right? We know how to swim in the water. But for him, this could be the very thing that ends him. And that's why we always need to give grace for those who are going through things that we've been through. Please don't act like it's not a big deal. I appreciate your silver lining, but when you're in the midst of it, you're nervous. And I appreciate your words of affirmation. Thank you so much. But I'm going to let you know I'm still going to be nervous. And so when you find people who are walking through phases of life and they're nervous of, of something you've already overcome, do not belittle them and do not just water it down to be like, oh, get over it. You're going to be all right. They need to find out for themselves just like you did. So stop acting like it's not a big deal and then get in your prayer closet probably like somebody had to do for you. And so he sits 
on the raft, the little tuby thing. I'm a big guy. When you're, you know, when you're a big guy, you, you're like, I'm flying down the river, right? It's a lot of mass the water catches, you know? So I'm like trying to swim back just so I can see this thing unfold. Homie in the first three minutes hits a bridge. Hits a bridge. There's three massive pillars. Everybody's living their best life, navigating around the bridge. Homie, <laughs> like almost tips. Like, and I get it. I, I seen it. I was scared for him. I was like, I'm coming, you know. Stand up. <laughs> but I watched him hit that, and he was going towards the other side. And before we got in the water, the instructor said, if you're heading towards an obstruction, put your feet out. Bounce off of it. So the first time, he nailed the bridge embankment. The second time, he bounced off of it. And what I'm seeing happen unfold in this amazing trip is a young man learning how to trust the tube. I'm watching a young man learn how to trust the life vest. Can I, can I just point out a real, a real simple thing here? If you don't trust in Jesus, you're going to have a miserable time. If you can't put your faith and trust in the one that overcame death, hell, and the grave, I promise you your self-help book ain't going to help you. And so what happens is this young man begins to trust the tube. And then for one second, I heard the, the thing I've been waiting to hear, a laugh. You know, sometimes laughter is more appreciated when it's on the backside of fear. Sometimes laughter is the sound of praise in the midst of those facing an enemy. And so we see this promise in this scripture, may the God of hope, God is hope, the one who sees the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning and knows where you are right in the middle of it. May he fill you, listen, with joy and peace while you trust in him. Pastor Kevin preached an amazing word a couple weeks ago, right, that a third of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. We talked about joy. But here we are seeing the promise of two-thirds of the kingdom, peace and joy. And don't you love it that Paul gives us a little, like, is this some knowledge of where that comes from? Like, we recognize that righteousness, peace, and joy is the kingdom of God, but how do you get righteousness, peace, and joy? Have you ever walked home and said, well, I, I see that that's the truth, but how do I get it? Like, I, I am that guy, y'all. I'm just going to put myself on blast. I am that guy. I'm the, I'm the one that asked the how. How? How am I going to get 
righteousness, peace. It, like, fill me in. I want to know. Like, does it just magically happen? Like, it's sprinkled over us, at, like, Tuesday night at midnight? <laughs> and I love blind faith, right? I'm, I'm thankful for faith, the substance of things not seen, right? I'm thankful for faith. But I also know that there's truth in his word that is a promise with yes and amen. It is a key. It is a source. It is something that you and I can apply and see the truth thereof. Just like what Pastor Omar was talking about, sowing and reaping. We don't give so we can get, but the byproduct of when we put seed in the ground is something's going to grow. Right? You want a tree? Plant a tree. You can sit there and hope for a tree all day long. We're like, oh, man, I can just see I can foresee this beautiful apple tree in this hole right here. It's going to happen. But until you put a seed in the ground, you are just weird. <laughs> am I too literal for y'all today? I'm sorry if I am. But I, I, I want to give you some truth that when you walk out of here and you continue walking in the hell that your life is, that you'll have some peace and some joy. Because I want to let you know today that you can be in the most difficult season of your life and have complete peace. Peace is not me getting what I want. Peace is him and what I need. Joy, even though I love Mickey Mouse, I love going there, right? That's not joy. That's momentary happiness that goes away when you get the credit card statement. I am, sh I am preaching better than you're shouting. Some of y'all are like, that was the best trip ever. Dear God, what just happened? But we can laugh at Disney, right? But really right now, we might be in the middle of it. I can identify with Walt and Mickey, but right now what I really need is something that's a little bit stronger than momentary happiness because the problem is is we've been seeking momentary happiness in all the wrong places and we have still found ourselves wanting but if you trust in him the text says then you will be filled with joy and peace he started laughing on the inner tube he started going into the trees for the thousandth time. And he no longer was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. He was like, oh, yeah, now I know how to get out of this. This is all right. Yeah, and I was like, look at me, guys. I'm stuck in the tree. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but from, you know, holding on white knuckles, now he's not holding on anymore. He's just floating, living his best life. Like, oh, you know, I can swim. No, you know you can float. Okay, it's totally different. You, you float really well. All right, you, you're floating great. But when you put your trust in Jesus, then you will have joy and peace. Not trust in your 401c3, your, trust in your ministry, trust in your family, trust in your bank account, trust in... The, those are all great things. 
not trust in your big house or your nice car or your obedient children. It's in Jesus. Because the truth is, to be real honest, some of us don't have anything that looks like the things I just listed. You're like a new car? Woo! I got like five generations old, I got their new car, but I'm still calling it my new car, you know. But you can have joy and peace in Jesus. That's really what the world needs today. That's really what I need today. That's, that's the people that are in the underground church in a third world country that they need that today. Because they don't know if this is their last day or not. And they're just trusting God for one more day. Isn't it funny how when you look through the lens of different people, blessings kind of change. For us, blessings is a big bank account. For them, it's I get to cross the street and not get killed. But I want, I want to encourage you today that Jesus is the source of your peace and your joy. And he ain't going anywhere. And he is not afraid of what you're up against. That Jesus is enough. He will always be enough. He will never stop being enough. He has been the answer. He will be the answer. He's going to always be the answer. He sees where you are. He's not afraid. He sees where you're going. He's not afraid. Jesus is enough. So God is hope. Trust unlocks joy and peace in my life. Right? Now watch what Paul says. He says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, isn't it funny that now we were, before we were like leaning on the hope, and now we are giving away the hope. Through the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear me today that your word is true and it is alive. And it is saying that in him, trust in Jesus, knowing that God is hope, you will have peace, you will have joy, and also now you begin to be a dealer of hope. Have you ever met one of those? You know what I'm talking about? One of them people that they've had like the worst Life ever? Not, not your best life now, like the worst life ever? And you get around them and they're the most hopeful, joyful, loving, kind, just generous people you've ever met. You, you know what I'm talking about? You know those people? You get to become one. I know, I'm gonna go a little, I'm gonna go a little further. You should be one.
I should be one. When Paul was talking to them, he was, he was talking to a persecuted church. You will exude hope everywhere you go. It will just, an abundance of it, be like, it's not like I just had hope for your situation. I got, I feel, you feel like Oprah, and like, you get hope, and you get hope, and you get hope, and you get hope, I get hope, and you get hope. We all get hope, yeah! Right? LeBron, if you could come up here, please. I told you I was going to be real short, but Lord willing, real powerful. I hear you, Pastor Josh. But I need hope. I hear you, Pastor Josh, but I need peace, and I really want joy. I hear you, Pastor Josh. I want to be one of those people that is just a dealer of hope. You know, I thought the bus ride up was great, but I really love the bus ride back. And I made sure I positioned myself just close enough to the young man that floated down the river that he was afraid would take his life. While he was floating down the river, that same river that he was thinking, this is the end of me. And I just watched him in a really creepy way like this. I hope I didn't watch him like that. <laughs> but I just, I watched him. And I promise you, his smile was 10 times bigger on the way home than it was on the way there. The confidence, he spoke up more. He was interacting. He was probably screaming loudest of his whole crew, right? Not because he didn't just have a great time, because he didn't die. There's an old song, right? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. What are you building your hope on? Who, if not Jesus, is your hope? 
On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand You want to know why? You want to know why sometimes we, we lose our hope? It's because we're putting it on sinking sand. This was a prayer from Paul. It was an encouragement from Paul. It was a prophetic unction from Paul. The same man that says to live as Christ is to die as gain, right? Living in prison after prison, shipwreck, crazy stuff. You know, like, I wonder sometimes, do you ever just like sit and read the Bible and just begin to really reflect on the nature of the person? What would have it felt like to murder people because of Jesus? and then become a follower of Jesus. How do you get out of bed knowing that you took someone's father or mother away from their family for the very thing you now believe? I believe that the Apostle Paul found the hope in Jesus that kept him going no matter what he faced. That that there was a peace and there was a joy that was in Jesus that kept Paul saying, to live is Christ, but to die is even better. Because he didn't put his trust in anything or anyone else other than Jesus. In the face of adversity, Jesus. When it was hard, when it was hard to continue to live your life, Jesus. In the midst of fear, Jesus. If you could stand on your feet, please, with me. If we could, let's just close our eyes real quick. You might be in this room and you might be the absolute most hopeless person in the world. You're living your life through the lens of, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And you're asking the question, the same question that the young man asked am I going to be all right? I want to invite you today, if that's you, to meet the God of hope. If you're here today and you're going, you know what, I've met the God of hope. 
but I'm really struggling with my joy and my peace right now. Really struggling with my joy and my peace. And in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of your situation, and in the midst of the thing that you're facing right now, I want you to know that you can have joy and you can have peace. And his name is Jesus. Life has a way of shifting our priorities of trust, doesn't it? If we could be so honest and transparent that sometimes it's, I'm gonna put my trust in me because if it's gonna be, it's up to me. And we take it, we take whatever we're going through out of the Lord's hands and put it in our lap and we start, we just stare at it and try to figure it out. Can I let you know you're not smart enough to figure it out? And can I encourage you that you can't work hard enough to figure it out? That sometimes you just simply have to trust in Jesus. Well, that sounds irresponsible. Read the text. But what am I supposed to do? Trust in Jesus. But that's so simple. Well, then you would have done it by now. Why is it sometimes, y'all, if we can just get bare bones with this thing, that is the most, it is the most obvious answer, the thing that is right in front of us, is the thing that we, we, we say, no, no, that's just, that's just too simple. Reminds me of the king who had leprosy. And they said, all you have to do is just go bathe in the water seven times. And he said, what do you mean? Can't, it can't just be that simple. What else do I got to just go and just, just jump in? Our greatest victories in life, they come from the simplest acts of obedience. Trust in Jesus today. I know you probably haven't slept. I know you're probably wondering how it's all gonna happen. I know you're... Trust in Jesus today. Put your faith in the Lord today because God is hope. And lastly, I just wanna encourage you today before we leave that become hope dealers through the Holy Spirit. That don't just go to work and get through work. Go to work and say, I want to show the love of Jesus and give away the hope of God to these people today. And you might be like, yo, that's just not my nature. That's like Pastor Gary. But it didn't say Pastor Gary will enable you to go be hope dealers. It says the Holy Spirit and I just challenge you today to wake up in the morning every day for the rest of your life and say, Holy Spirit, help me to be a hope dealer today. Let the abundance of hope 
that I have found in you be poured out of my life to everyone I come in contact with. When we dismiss today, you're gonna go out of your aisles and go back, but if you would like prayer today, prayer, pray for three things. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna really say this. You're saying, I, I feel hopeless in life and I need to meet the God of hope. We're gonna do that today. If you're here today and you're saying, listen, I need, to, I need to reframe where my trust is because I need peace and I need joy in my life. We want you to come. Let's bow our heads today before we leave. Lord Jesus, some of us might be in this room today apprehensive like that young man was. Will this hold me? Am I going to be all right? God, I pray right now that they would have an encounter with the God of hope today. Like Pastor Jojo said earlier, it would be like wind in our sails. Lord, I pray right now that no matter where they're at, no matter what they're going through, no matter how bleak the situation is, may they remember that they have hope today. I declare hope over your situation right now in the name of Jesus Christ. But more importantly, I declare hope over your life today. Father, bring joy and bring peace today. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And if you're thankful for the Lord's hope today, come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. We love you. As you're dismissed, you can just... Head back the way you go as you're dismissed. But if you're saying, I want to encounter the God of hope today, or I need some joy and some peace in my life, we invite you to come to pray with us in the prayer team. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Have a blessed day.